build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 152. We're recording this live on October 18th. That is a Friday afternoon. And this being the year 2013, my name is Rob Woodrich from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as always. It's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, and I'm actually in Toronto, so yes. Located in downtown Toronto. No, not so much anymore, eh? No. Downtown but Toronto. Uh, downtown Toronto is basically one big freaking dig, isn't it? It's like one big hole in downtown Toronto right now, isn't it? It is. There's so much construction going on. It's crazy. Oh, my the, the, God. I mean, you, you talk about recessions all over the place. There is no real estate recession whatsoever in Toronto. No. Like there are skyscrapers upon skyscrapers upon skyscrapers being built and then they're going down, they're rebuilding Union Station, adding new subways and they're adding a tunnel between uh, the, uh, the island airport and the mainland. It is awesome to see, but my God, it is painful to get anywhere in New York City. Do something about that, would you, Asif? New York. Yeah, I said New right. York. I, said, I meant to say Toronto, but do yeah. something about that, would you, Asif? Please? Yeah, I'll see what I can do, man. All right. I'm right well, on it. My next project. Big show today. Six stories. We do not have an app. You know, nothing really, you know, piqued our fancy. I got this great uh, Co Everywhere t-shirt. Nice. My good friend, Tony Longo, who's the uh, co-founder and the CEO. I interviewed uh, Tony on, on Tether.tv. The episode will be, or is actually live right now. Uh, but he sent me this. God, I love I'm getting jealous, t-shirts. Man. I, I, I gotta say, I'm jealous. I like that. I gotta get one. Well, you know what? These guys, great guys, you know, they, uh, I really enjoyed having them on. We had them as a uh, guest here. We talked about them all the time. They were very aggressive with us and, and I really like it. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll promote them. I like the shirt. It's very cool. Long sleeve tees. Go. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate you sending this. Um, but we do have a uh, stellar show. Uh, our guest today is Carl Martin, who is the founder and CEO of a company that we featured on a story a couple of weeks ago called Nimi. And I tell you, when we want to get somebody, we go out and get somebody. So Carl is the uh, he's a fellow Torontonian, Go Canada, and he's the one that is building the uh, bracelet that actually identifies you and authenticates you with your heartbeat and your e e ECG, basically. And it's very cool. We're going to be talking about how you know why get into this, why build Nimi and then what the impact of things like the fingerprint scanner on the iPhone 5S does to his business, which is pretty awesome. So we'll have Carl a little bit later in the show. But before we get into that, I'm very interested, Asif, what are you doing in, in Toronto, man? Like, you're, this is like, this is two weeks in a row. Aren't you supposed to be traveling around the world? <laughs> well, I was away this week, Rob. I mean, I did I did go to Dallas and I don't believe Chicago you. this week. I don't believe you. Um, but yeah, it's nice. I'm home for, for a few days and... Uh, yeah, trying to catch up on just catch staying up. in touch with people here and seeing some family and all that, right? But uh, anyhow, there's plenty going on as usual. We've got uh, a couple of big events coming up in the next uh, couple, few weeks to finish out October here. So um, starting with next week on the 24th and 25th in New York, we have the Street Fight Summit. Uh, so our, our good friends over at Street Fight, uh, I won't be there this time, but it's gonna. It's always a great event, and I know they're gonna. They're gonna. Uh, they're they're gonna blow it out of the water again. It's it's uh, it's just amazing. So that should be great. And then the week right after that, uh, the 28th to the 30th in Chicago is the Retail Ramp Conference. Super excited about that one. Four or five hundred of the biggest retailers in the world will be there. I'll be there. I'm actually emceeing it now. So there, there's there's plenty going on. So um, yeah, if you're in Chicago, 28th to 30th, drop by at the McCormick McCormick Place. We'll see you there. Yeah, and the only event that I want to push, really, quite frankly, is this event uh, called the Open Mobile Summit. It's the 12th to the 14th of November in San Francisco. Just go to openmobilemedia.com, and uh, you'll find a little bit more information. Great, great, great lineup of speakers in San Francisco, and I'm going to do my damnedest to get out there and be a part of it as a media sponsor. That's for sure. 
Um, and I also want to say, look, I just came back from Toronto, um, where we we tried to uh, meet again, and this just it's never destined to work. And uh, at Android TO, I had an absolute blast uh, speaking at Android TO. I introduced what I call the the May Boss Well Continuum of Mobile Revenue. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, you're gonna to have to go to untether.tv in the blog. You can get a there's a link there to my presentation if that's at all of any interest to you at all. Um, but I had a blast, and uh, I love the DX3 guys who uh, who put this on. They also put DX3 on, obviously, in uh, in March in Toronto as well. But this was a very well-run uh, event. Fourth year, 600-plus people, and it was just jammed. It was a lot of fun, good energy uh, at Android TO. And they do this every year, so if you're interested in participating, just go to AndroidTO.com. It's too late this year, but next year. There's always next year. So I had a blast, and I really appreciate them uh, asking me to speak. I had fun. I love doing that kind of stuff. I swore my head off, though. I don't know if you like I, I swore my head off. <laughs> yes. I I, uh, I was the first one uh, early in the morning to crack the swear barrier, and then I just accelerated from there. Oh, it was dear. Just, yeah, it was, oh, dear. is right. One guy walked out, of the, he just walked down and walked out. I said, like, sorry if I offended you. And I think he just flipped me the bird and walked out. It's pretty funny. All right. Well, uh, what do you say we uh, jump into this? We don't have an app. As I said, I don't have an app. Um, you know, there is, uh, if you have an app out there that you want us to feature, please let us know because I've exhausted my uh, my pool of really cool applications. Although I've downloaded a couple and I'm on waiting lists and I have not been able to use them. So as soon as I'm off the waiting list to be able to get into them, I will start bringing them to you. But if you have one, you can reach out. You could be featured here, Rob at untether.tv or asif at thelbma.com. So what do you say we just jump right into the news? Let's do it. All right. First story. You know, when we talk about, uh, we're going to be talking about to Carl about authentication, using the body for authentication. But these devices that we carry are exactly that. They can be used as authentication. We've heard of different companies offering location-based authentication. Are you supposed to be where you, are you, are you where you say you are uh, to authenticate uh, um, transactions? And here's a company called Zoomigo. And I, I think that's how you say it. Zoomigo? Yeah. Zoomigo? I think so. Uh, they launch this uh, transaction fraud platform, and, and there's there's a couple of location-based aspects to this, but it's an API, and there are three parts to this service that detects transactional fraud, authenticates mobile devices, and validates device ownership. So it all kind of ties in very, very well. Uh, they have three, so those three uh, pieces to the suite are Radius, Authentication, and Assure. And the Radius, obviously, is exactly that, right? It's it's about are you who you say you are and where you say you actually are, right? That's that's what authenticates the piece there. Yeah, then, yeah. It's, it, they're just basically checking that you're in proximity or vicinity of the merchant or the ATM at the time of the transaction. So I, I like that. And then authentication is basically is 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 quite literally, do you have the right to be in this account or mm -hmm. this trading account? And it's an API that is tapped in. You you basically put it into your application if you want authentication. And then uh, there's a little bit of a location piece as well. And then uh, the last one is the Assure one. Um, what is the Assure one, Asif? Well, basically, this one I think is really interesting. So what they do is is that they they look at your uh, your carrier that your phone is associated with, the billing and the billing system associated with that, and they make sure that 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 phone in fact matches with with your plan and it's part of your you know you, the the service you subscribe to. So, in other words, it's not a throwaway phone or it's not some kind of you know you know somebody Spoof who's trying phone. to j jack your number or something like that. So they're actually checking the validity of that. Yeah, I like it. You know, I think that you have to offer these three things. I like the idea that you have, um, uh, you know, location authentication. I think that's so very important, right? Is is to be able to say, listen, yes, I in fact I am here, and I am uh, and I am enabling this transaction to happen. And I think that you think about companies like Square that enable this, right? So as soon as there's a pairing in the store with the Square terminal, basically, it says, okay, you know, you are who you are, a, fo a photo pops up, and then you can get visual uh, authentication as well as location authentication. And I think that those mm -hmm. are the things, but I love that it ties into the carrier, ties into the phone number, ties into the fact is, does this phone and does this person in this location have the right to access these accounts? And I think that very, very, very cool. I would say the only challenge here is that, um, well, there isn't one, but I, I think about our resource of the week at the end of this, which is talking about the wearable computing. And I think about Nimi, and I think there's 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 going to be this crossover that happens with wearable devices or wearable technology and this kind of authentication when it comes to payments. Um, and it isn't going to be Retina. It's going to be something that you're wearing or something that, you know, proximity-based that, that, that enables this. Probably your pulse, probably just the warmth of your body. But uh, very cool. I like this. I like this kind of stuff. I do too, yeah. 
So Very it's good. Zoomigo, and you can go to Zoomigo exactly as it sounds. Z-U-M-I-G-O dot com. Z if you're in Canada. Right? That's our first story. All right. What if I said New York? What do you think of when you go to New York? You think of Times Square. You think of Broadway. You think of disaster after disaster after disaster, which is Spider-Man, right? <laughs> the live musical <laughs> or the live show. But, yes, uh, Spider-Man, turn off the dark. It's turn called. off the dark. It's like turn on the lights so they don't fall down again. Yeah, it's a terrible joke. Terrible joke. Yeah. So live Broadway show uh, at the Foxwoods Theater on Forty Second Street, and basically they are um, using location-based technology, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, the iBeacon kind of stuff that we've been talking about for a while, so that as people are passing by the theater and they've opted in, they can receive uh, messages, notifications, uh, promotional video, 30-second promotional video uh, about the show, and you, know, you, can, you, can, uh, you can buy tickets and do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting way to call attention, uh, you know, as you're, as you're passing by in the neighborhood that, uh, that this is happening. Um, I think especially good if uh, they're doing this, you know, in, uh, in scenarios where, you know, the the show might be starting in like thirty minutes, and there, there's there's last minute tickets available, and they can discount them and, and and fill the fill the theater, fill the empty seats. I think that 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 would be really good. Uh, so you know, I like this. I, I I think this is just part of how we use iBeacon technology going forward. Yeah, uh, you hit it so much. Is that you know what? I don't know many people who are going to opt in for a preview of the show. And the ability to buy tickets when you're just walking by, right? And this is all voluntary. So if you have a device that accepts these things, like iBeacon or an iPhone or NFC or uh, low-energy Bluetooth eventually, and Wi-Fi, but, but it, it requires too much. Like, you know, I'm not going to accept this if it's just a preview or there's no discount mm. on the ticket. But I, I love this expiring inventory. I'm walking by and it says, hey, you know what? For 10 bucks, you can come and see Spider-Man right now. Right now. Yeah. That, to me, makes absolute sense. The rest of it doesn't as a promotion because you know what it does? It downloads it onto your device. And I don't want that. I don't want any of that stuff. I want free tickets or discount tickets. And if you see the lineups for the ticket box office in, in uh, Times Square, you'll know that many people do. And if you can do if you can enable it this way through iBeacon, yes, 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 yes. 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 Yep. And uh, one, the other thing I do like about it is, is in, in the in the piece that gets sent to you, uh, they they bring up a calendar uh, yes. of, of of the show dates, and and you can obviously buy tickets, but they have a click to call feature too. So even if you want to do that that transaction online, you can you can just click and and, and call right to the to box office and, and place your order that way. So I like that as well. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, 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 yeah, certainly. Mobiquity Networks is the company that's doing this, and, and uh, we're going to see much more of this. But there has to be value affixed to it, and I love the expiring inventory angle. Nice, Asif. Nice. There you go. That's why they pay you the big bucks, right? Exactly. They should be listening to you. All right. Yeah. Our third story, man. I love Shazam. I have loved Shazam since the first day I saw. It was love at first sight. They have 385 million users. They are their own advertising network. And the ad networks that are out there right now don't even know that they're being disrupted one song, one television show at a time by Shazam. They're the best kept secret when it comes to that. If they don't see it, they are going to one day own the world of advertising. And so they, they ran this, this I don't know, um, promotion with Old Navy in the United States that uh, basically identified music in the store and gave you 25% discount if you're running the Shazam application. And now they're trying to bring this over to the UK. Um, but they're, I love how conservative the UK is about this. They don't know if it's exactly what their customers want. But this thing drew a tremendous num uh, amount of value and uh, increased transactions as a result of just in the store, identifying that you're in the store through the music, giving you a 25% discount actually increased basket and you know the products went out the door um so I, i'm kind of torn because i don't like the idea of giving a 25 percent discount when somebody's already in the freaking store but i love the idea of shazam and bricks and mortars yeah and i think you know we've talked about shazam before uh you know on the on the sort of tv and radio side so for me it's the connectivity between the two between the bricks and mortar location and and what you know the the TV commercial so you know when when you see that commercial come on and and you're sitting in front of the TV with your with your phone or your tablet with Shazam on it and it hears the audio signal coming off TV and it Shazams it creates a call to action with an offer 
you know, for you know, twenty five percent off at Old Navy, and that drives you to then go to right. the store. Okay, right. that makes sense. Yep. And what they're talking about here, potentially, and they're not doing this yet, is to create a relationship then between what it shazammed in, in the television environment, and then remembering that data, and then and recalling that data when you actually walk into the store. So um, if it's a think, jeans commercial. Then yeah. it would it would be related to a discount on the jeans. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And, and so the idea of being able to, you know, not just surface the the offer when it when you when you first hear it on TV, but to store it in the in, in the system and then to uh, represent it or present a new offer on jeans when you happen to walk into an old navy um, at any time after 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 it's already shazam the TV commercial. So I like that. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I wonder if there's an opportunity to kind of surprise and delight with with something like this and Shazam. You know, because if you think about it, if if there's an incentive, like this is where I think about Brian Wong and his company Keep, right? And and yeah. is there a way that they can do like a Shazam Keep mixture with Old Navy or some retail experiment? And hear me out on this because I, I, I'm just thinking about it as we're going here is that there is always an opportunity to get a discount with Old Navy. And you've heard me rail about Old Navy and yep. Banana Republic and The Gap. It's just ridiculous how much they give away. Um, but so, Well, Rob, Rob, it only costs them a buck fifty to make the jeans. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're making so a 40% discount on anything is like they're still making a crap load of money, right? Yeah. But but if you think about this, is that if, if it was like um, you, uh, Shazam, uh, all the ads, like anytime there's a gap or an old Navy commercial that comes on, uh, you, you shazam it, shazam it, shazam it, shazam it. And then that's the goal is just, just to shazam, shazam it. But then uh, not every time that you go into the store, you get a discount or anything like that or on every product. Uh, but every once in a while, it's because like you walk in there and it's somehow there's a loyalty play. And, and because mm -hmm. you've shazammed, uh, you know, these number of songs and you bought some jeans, you go up to the cash, you think you're going to pay 60 bucks. And all of a sudden it's like, dun, 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 surprise and delight. It's their $10 jeans because you done the work that has gone into it so it's a loyalty play yep. but it's not an expectation it surprises you you leave there with a smile on your face thinking you were gonna spend 60 bucks and you only spend 10 something like that way yep. better right is that don't give away your product man that's the biggest challenge here is that you can you can get into this and then you can go bankrupt and that's the big challenge and if you listen to this episode i just put up on non tether with rev tracks he'll tell you that is that basically you know a lot of companies are suffering as a result of going hog wild on coupons. It's ridiculous what they've done and they have no control over it. And you have to control it. And, and I don't think that those guys are doing it. So uh, that's my long rant. But is there an idea here? Man, I'd love to see that. I'd yeah, I, I like that idea. I, th I think that idea of surprising people is uh, is always a good one. I think it's, you know, it creates that emotional connection, right, to the platform. And, you know, up here in, in, in Canada, we have Cineplex, the movies with their scene loyalty platform, yeah. and they do that to some extent. So they do. You're, you're earning you're earning points all the time. You aren't necessarily tracking your points balance every every minute of every day. But basically, when you go in and, and like, you go to buy popcorn, uh, like I've, and they actually run TV commercials like it's this uh, here, where, you know, like you go, you go to pay for your thing and you hand them your scene card, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, the movie's free today. Um, and you're like, what do you mean it's free today? Like, oh well, you know, it's just just part of being a scene member, right? So it's never happened to me. Um, yeah, that's fiction so. to me. You know, the other side of it is, uh, what if you did this? Um, you know, I, I I I keep thinking about how do you get people from that commercial to gauge from that commercial how effective that is, and then how do you get them from their house to your store, which is so important, especially with mm -hmm. uh, with a technology like Shazam. So what if you did this? Is like if you if there's a, a gap or a, an old navy commercial on television and it said like Shazam now, right? You just knew it, Shazam now, and it popped yep. up and it said twenty five percent discount if you get in with the next you know, within the next sixteen hours, and then yep. it, it decreases as time goes on. So like three days from now, it's ten percent, right? Like so, our friends at the meat meat pack in Guatemala. Absolutely, yep. and that was like what they have two minutes to get to the store, right? But I like the idea yeah. of of uh, of urgency and an expiration date on some of these yep. things or a decline expiration date so I you know what there's so much you can do but just giving away 25% just because you're in the store it, it just kills me that people do that right yeah. um, so but I like this concept and boy do I ever freaking love I love Shazam I love this oh, company. I, it's one of my favorite I mean, it, it's actually you know you talk about all these apps that we download I mean I, I swear to you Rob I use Shazam two to three times a week yeah easily because you have easily. kids and you have to understand what they're listening to. Yeah, I mean, easily, man. I'm, there's always something I'm hearing like, "What is that?" And yeah. I'm just like, "It's just there." It's like, yeah, 
Yeah, it is, and it's on everybody's phone right now. So you know what? It I, is. 385 million customers. Anyways, I I could go on about these guys. I've had them on on Tether.tv. It might be time to have them back um, because I'm just blown away by what they're doing. So very cool. Those are the first three stories. Man, we just cruised through those. Hopefully you found some tremendous, I know you found tremendous value in this conversation. So please, if you have any comments on this, if you if you love Shazam like we do, if you hate them, reach out. You know how to reach us. Robin on tether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. It's on to the guest. I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, we featured this Toronto-based company called Nimi. Uh, and they do a heart rate monitor that is a uh, is about um, identification. So it uses your ECG to basically identify you and authenticate you. And there's all these different scenarios that it could do, like open up your car, turn on your car, pay, mm -hmm. open your ho house door. You, your house door? Yeah, your house door. Um, so I tracked down Carl Martin, who is the founder and CEO, and we sat down and had a long conversation. This episode is not live. You're getting a sneak preview right now. Boy, oh boy, aren't you lucky. Um, and we are talking about why get into this. These guys are researchers from the University of Toronto, um, and they spun this company, they spun the research out into NIMI. They thought about the problem a little bit more differently than everybody else was doing, and I love that. And so we talk about why spin it out, and... Also, what the impact of the fingerprint reader on the iPhone 5S has on their business. And it is good. It is good. So here is Carl Martin, the co-founder and CEO of NIMI. What's it like inventing while this industry is being invented around you? You're really in that spot, like a primordial soup kind of time, isn't it? Right. Well, it's definitely an exciting time. I mean, you go to uh, conferences in this space of wearable technology and you can really feel it that um, everything's trying to figure itself out. You know, there, there's all sorts of interesting gadgets and gizmos and everybody's thinking, well, what am I going to use this for? But at the same time, you, you realize, well, this is the future. You know, this it's all starting here. So as a company, we're very humble and we say, we don't know what the answer is, but we're putting forward our technology and saying, we believe this is part of what the future is. Uh, I see that everywhere. You know, I, I, I walk into an Apple store, like I just did this yesterday. And, um, you know, because I like to check up on what's going on, what, what is, is Apple is selling? And there's Fitbit and there's Nike Fuel Band and there's and there's the Shine. And then there's, you know, there's it, there just seems to be an incredible number of wearable technology out there that that I, but I only have one wrist. So and, yeah. and they all seem to be attacking the same challenge. Talk about what you're doing with Nimi here. Right. So actually, you brought up a good point, which is this is going to be this competition for body real estate, which is we, we only have so much space on our body. Um, but, uh, you know, you talk about all those fitness activity trackers, and that's probably the most uh, mature yet still young part of this market. Uh, what we're doing with the NIMI is looking at something completely different, which is identity, right? It's saying, how, how can you use identity? Um, put it on the body and and make it essentially a powerful tool for everyday life. And so um, what the NIMI is, is it's, it's a bracelet, a wristband that authenticates your identity based on your electrocardiogram. So this is the electrical signal that your, your heart produces as, as it beats. Um, the research goes back many years. Um, we were a spin-off of the University of Toronto. And, um, but it was more, more recently when we realized that this biometric technology really makes sense of, as wearable technology because when you put it on the body and uh, you're wearing something that knows who you are, now everything like passwords and pins and keys and cards, all of that can essentially be replaced with a, a single wireless signal coming off of your body. And um, as far as we know, nobody else is looking at this. So in some ways, I think we're, we're sort of opening up a new era, area of wearable uh, technology. And so uh, it's definitely very exciting to us. It, like this goes beyond the kind of whole quantified self movement, which is what we're hearing about these devices, right? Where you're, um, I, you know, I did a fascinating uh, episode recently about the quantified self uh, with Nora Young from CBC, who you probably know from Spark. Um, and, and we talked about this back and forth around, you know, how we've become lazy, really, because of the technology about quantifying ourselves. Like in the old days, we used to, you know, write journals, like pen to paper and write journals and our thoughts yes. and our feelings. And now we just measure steps. And if we hit our 10,000, we're quantified. Right. Uh, so, I mean, pointing actually to this whole quantified self movement, I think one of the big problems you find is 
sure, we have a lot of data. What are you going to do with that data, right? And I think that's that's the the real dilemma. You know, sensors have become uh, very affordable to as startups can create new devices. It's it's very accessible now, but you know, how is this going to actually make people's lives, you know, better or easier in some way? And so us as a company, you know, we want to focus on something that really has very specific use cases rather than being completely wide open. Um, and so, so the, I mean, the reason why we did this was simply because, I mean, our background is in biometrics. Uh, we actually came into the wearable space. That's not where we started. And um, we realized that by bringing this more, typically more security-oriented technologies into something that is much more usable to uh, general consumers, we actually have a shot of really changing the way we interact with technology. And I think that's what really motivates us to say, hey, we have some technology here. Yeah, it's cool and, and uh, you know, Looks play with great. it. But, yeah, but what really gets us going is saying, hey, you know, we can actually completely change, you know, like uh, touch screens completely change our idea of mobiles. Um, this concept of putting identity on the body can change the concept of what wearable technology and, and interaction technologies can mean. So, uh, you know, it's it's so fascinating. It starts in the University of Toronto, U of T. Um, and, and um, you know, what you must see with the new Apple, uh, with the new iPhone that just came out with uh, fingerprint sensing um, or scanning uh, must fill you with at least a little bit of happiness, uh, you know, because because Apple is focusing on that and, and security now is like we're talking about the gateway to everything, not only to your car and your home, but to commerce and your wallet and everything else, you know, emanates from owning identity. Facebook's trying to do it. Uh, obviously, Apple's trying to do it. Google's trying to do it. Um, and then there you are in the middle of this fray. So that must have filled you with a little bit of happiness to see that. I uh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, people all talk about competition, but what's actually more important for a small startup is to validate that there's a market and people care about what you're doing. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, so when uh, when Apple came out with the Touch ID um, uh, fingerprint system, which everybody knew it was coming, you know, it wasn't a huge surprise. Um, we actually loved that just because it got the conversation uh, going on in terms of what biometrics mean in the consumer space. But at the same time, we also thought it's very sort of old school thinking, this idea that you would put, you know, the single purpose sensor on a, a mobile device where you know, we launched a week before uh, uh, Apple with the Touch ID, and we felt that ours was pretty much five to ten years ahead of what they were doing. Um, you know, it's not just about unlocking your phone, it's, a, it's about unlocking everything. And it's also not just about security, it's about how you can use your, ident use your identity to have a hyper-personalized user experience. We're talking the future of smart homes, you know, automated uh, office, all things like that. I know. I mean, it's astounding where this can lead. But I always worry that the consumer is the thing that holds us back, holds all the technology back. It's it's us, really. Like the technology is out there, but it's about changing behaviors and consumers and, and making sure that there's a, a sense of security that things are going to work fine uh, all the time. And I think that I mean, are, we're not there yet, are we? We're not ready for this. No, I mean, I think, well, the great thing about today and being able to launch something directly on the internet is that you, you have a direct window to who those early adopters are, right? Because you can't launch a product like this and assume that, you it's know. It's ready for everybody. Exactly. And so uh, that's the great thing. You know, we have some pretty rabid fans, actually, and we love them. And those are the people that are going to help us learn. And, you know, we're pretty humble about the, the ideas that all these these use cases we think about for our technology, really they're just ideas and proposals, right? And uh, you need to get something out there and see what people say about it. And I fully expect that there's somebody out there that has way better ideas than, than we do. And, and that's what really gets us excited as well. And that is Carl Martin, the uh, founder and CEO of Nimi. You can go to getnimi.com for more information. They're taking pre-orders. And if you are a developer out there, they have a brand new, they want to obviously uh, extend this into the developer community. So they have a an SDK that you can sign up for. All you have to do is go to getnimi.com forward slash develop. 
and sign up for that. So if you're a developer and you're thinking that, how can I use this? How can I use an ECG as a way to authenticate? And what does that mean for a business or a payment or access to a gym? Whatever it might be, right? Uh, there are so many ways that you can use this technology. So think about it. Sign up at uh, getnimi.com forward slash develop. And that's Nimi is N-Y-M-I. N-Y-M-I. And I thank, I thank Carl for coming on to Ontario.tv and I thank him for letting us use this clip on this week in location-based marketing. That's All right, awesome. Backadder. Backadder, story number four. Asif, Story number one. four. Yes, this is a company called Traffi. It's spelled uh, T-R-A-F-I. Uh, and these guys are based in Lithuania. And they raised a little bit of money, about 500000 U.S. dollars, uh, coming from a company, Practica Capital. Um, and uh, they've got a guy named Sylvan Grand uh, who's joining the board. He's ex-Nokia Maps guy, so they got some, some Google Nokia guys uh, behind this as well. And uh, what's, w what this is all about is, is this is basically just like City Mapper or Hopstop or anything like that that we've talked about before where, you know, it's, it's real-time. Yeah, hip local, real-time traffic data. Uh, public transit data, all that kind of stuff, uh, bicycle routes, taxis, you know, all that stuff. Just like, just like the, the city mapper and hop stop that we've we've talked about on the show before. But what's different is, is there? It, it they they don't limit it just to public data, uh, you know, that's freely available out there. They're actually going out and building their own data set on top of the public. They're actually combining public data with, um, you know, stuff that they're they're manually sourcing, if you will. Uh, and they're doing this in markets that are much smaller and much, you know, a little harder to, to, to gather data on than, let's say, in New York or Toronto or, you know, San Francisco. So they're doing this in, in places like, obviously, Lithuania, but uh, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, you know, markets like that that haven't been tackled by some of these guys and, and where the public data is really insufficient. So, you know, I'll make one last comment on this, and then I'll love love your thoughts on it, Rob. But you know, for me, what I like about this is is it's uh, it's what we say all the time. Like they maybe they've been listening to our show, and we just didn't know about it. But you know, it's they're not just using other people's stuff um, and solely on third party data. They're they're actually collecting and building their own data. So so there's some value in in the fact that they have their own data, and I love that. Yes. So do I. I just wonder, see, the only question I have, I, I like this as well, is that, you know, emerging economies, developing nations, cities that uh, where the data is not as clean as big cities, uh, it's a great area, you know, area to focus on. Uh, and typically a company would like would build this kind of service in hopes that they could sell location-based advertising and, and, uh, and make a billion, trillion, gazillion dollars from that. Um, but it doesn't seem that these guys, like, is that their business model or is their business model just to, uh, I don't know, get acquired? Well, I, I mean, my first blush is, is I think it's about getting acquired. I mean, look <laughs> at Hops picked up, you know, relatively quickly by Apple. Uh, we covered that. Um, I, you know, and I think the, the other factor here for me is in terms of user base. I mean, these guys haven't been around that long. They've already got 300,000 unique users on the platform. Um, and what's interesting is from a sheer market size perspective, Mexico City and Sao Paulo are like two of the biggest cities <laughs> in the world, right? So yes. in terms of population, so the, this is not New York or San Francisco. This is like a hundred times big the size cities yes. of New York or San Francisco, right? In terms of people, so um, you know, in terms of user base, I think this is this could be big um, in terms of the, the data that they're collecting and the value of the company could could be quite large, right? You know, so, I, and I like um, this. I mean, in Lithuania alone, they have three hundred thousand users. Like in Lithuania, they have mm -hmm. 300,000 unique users. So, you, you know, I, I like the idea of staying niche and finding these little cities where nobody else is, is, uh, is attacking. Um, but, you know, Absolutely. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, look at the history of acquisitions made by companies like Groupon and Living Social, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's been all these little niche deal, deal sites, you know, that are just focused on one little city. That and own one the market. city. Yeah. that own the city and I, so i think there's a big opportunity here i think this is really smart uh personally so uh good luck to them and uh you know we'll we'll reach out and see if we can get these guys uh, to come and talk a little bit uh, about it as well or we could just go to lithuania and visit 
Exactly. I'm up for that. Uh, well, if you'd like to, a little bit more information now, they, they said that they're doing a whole redesign of their website uh, and they need it. But you can go to traffy.com, T-R-A-F-I.com for a little bit more information yeah. about them. 300,000 unique users monthly in Lithuania. That's 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 big. Man, I would kill for 300,000 users, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And my presentation. I mean, these these, these 40,000 people that watch this show, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, that's 40,000. Yeah, you know, 300,000 is yeah. fine. I mean, I, I, when I was doing this presentation at Android TO, one of the guys stood up and, uh, and I mean, I asked for somebody to scream out how many downloads they've had. And somebody said 27,000. And I said, Are you happy or sad about that? And he's like, I'm sad. And I'm like, You're an idiot. Be happy with your 27,000, right? Like, anyway. 300,000 is a lot of people, and uh, there's opportunity. If you can't turn 300,000, the eyeballs of 300,000 people into some revenue, it's not a business. So that's my right. view. These guys, they can just stay in Lithuania and make a lot of money, but they want, they're going to, with 500K, they're going to be aggressive. I don't see that happening, but traffy.com. Good luck, guys. All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've heard rumors that uh, the NSA has been bought by Google. And I think our fifth story here really could could be the NSA. Like Google knows everything about everybody on the planet, pretty much, right? You have to sign in with Google Plus in order to get the services. They own uh, Gmail. They own YouTube. They own you and me, right? And uh, Google knows everything about everybody. And now they've asking for permission. They've got this mobile meter app, which is really, it was a rumor for a little while, but they've confirmed that it's actually happening. They've confirmed that they've actually been doing this for a number of months now. Volunteer basis only. That means you would have had to put up your hand. You would have been notified if you're part of this thing. So don't get all panicky. But essentially what this is, is it's tracking all of your activity. This is opt-in. I can't stress this enough. If you didn't hear about this, if you haven't opted in, if you don't know about it, you're, don't worry. Google's just tracking you in every other way except for this way. Um, but the, it's volunteer to track your mobile app and web usage, like just to get patterns, to understand location, to understand when you use it, contextualized, how you use it, what the weather is, what your name is, all that kind of stuff. This is uh, serious tracking activity. And don't worry because, as I said, I keep saying this, it's, it was opt-in. That's what they've guaranteed it's opt-in and you would have been notified or you would have had to have put your hand up and vehemently volunteered for this. And if you didn't do that, then then don't worry about it. But this is this is insane, really. This is tracking everything. Well, I, I think it's insane because it's coming from Google and we're always scared when Google, you know, comes in and says that uh, they're doing something something like this. Yes. But the reality is, is it, it's opt-in. This is effectively a panel, yeah. right? Small uh, group of people. It's it's a panel, right? Yeah. So it's no different than, in some respect, the placed stuff that we've talked about yeah. uh, lately. Nielsen's got their own mobile app on Android for that's doing virtually the same thing, that you can opt into and be part of that that survey group or that panel. So that's what this is. This is this is a panel. Let's not blow it out of proportion. I think we we get scared though when it's when we hear it's Google, right? Yeah. Because it's Google, right? And they and. We're always worried about what they're going to do with our data, but you know it's uh, it's a panel. It is, and and you know what, like you have to be a special person that is interested in doing this. I, I think, didn't. I didn't get invited. I didn't get invited. Yeah, so, can you imagine? But but I mean, I use Moves, right? Yeah. And it tracks everything. Like that's what I use to remember where I've been and how long I was in a place and how long the drive was and all those things. That, those questions that you always have when you're kind of you know tracking the quantified self is that this is the the lazy man's way to do it, but Look, Apple is doing it with their new operating system. Google is doing it. Everybody is doing this. This is just part of the reality of carrying these devices. Your carriers are doing it. But remember all that kerfuffle when Google scooped everybody's uh, Wi-Fi addresses uh, and, uh -huh. and you know pinpoint location like this. Same thing with Apple about unencrypted uh, locations or list of locations on the device. Um, you know about a year ago. So uh, you know we don't think about that anymore. And, and here is Google saying, "Listen, we're going to track everything about you, not just your location, but your patterns on the device as well." And uh, there are people willing to do that and if people like i keep coming back if two years ago you had said look track everything that i do people would have said no you're you're not so i'll never do that and here we are no, two but years it's, later. But it's i mean we remember it might have been a month ago six weeks ago something like that we talked about apple uh tracking everything on the device from yeah. the perspective of optimizing battery life absolutely yeah. remember that yeah. so i mean there's it's a reason new. There's a reason people that they want to do this, right? And yes, some, it might be about advertising in some respects, or, or or you know helping them optimize algorithms and things like that. But it's also there's also it's, 
Yeah. You know, and I think the challenge is, and I said this to to somebody yesterday. I had I had lunch with a with a lawyer yesterday, uh, and we're talking about some of these things. And and I was saying that you know I, I think it's at the end of the day, we just got to get used to this stuff's going to be happening all the time and in ways we haven't even thought of yet. But the important thing for for these companies that are put you know putting these services out there and putting these technologies in place is to inform. The user inform people not just to say opt in or opt out, but when you opt in, here's yes. here's here's how we're going to benefit from this, and here's how you're going to benefit from this. Well, I, I always wonder what the incentive is, right? At least when you're doing something right. with like uh, with Nielsen, they're giving you uh, like Amazon gift cards or well, something. But they're giving you rewards in this thing. Google's giving you rewards yeah. in this. Like yeah, what kind so, of rewards though? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't asked to participate. Rob. Can you says, like the rewards? Yeah. Yeah. Free apps and free Gmail. No. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, sure. it's interesting. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, privacy is a uh, is a weird thing, but this this is getting into NSA territory, right? And uh, and I think that it's weird the timing of this to come out because this just resonates in in such a weird way right now when when everybody knows what's going on with Snowden and everything that's happened as a result of that, and the documents are still being leaked, and the fact that there's relationships with these big companies and the government and tracking and deep data dives and it just I'm not paranoid, man. Like I live my life in the open, but uh, but it just it's it's frightening along these lines. And I think that it, this has been going on for many, 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 many years. But now that it's just coming to light and it's being surfaced, uh, not not Google stuff, but just the way that they put one and one in data together to equal, uh, you know, a predictive analytics tool that can tell you whether you're going to default on your on your mortgage or get a divorce, right? All that stuff is there. But now it's just it's so in your face that it's uh, that this is an interesting time in our lives, boy. So there you go. Google's mobile meter app. If you have volunteered and you're allowed to talk about it, we would love to have you on this very show. This very show right here. So reach out and let us know. You can do it anonymously. We'll do like a black cover. You know, we'll blur out your face and we'll disguise your voice. <laughs> All right. Our last yeah. story here. This 3D printing world. We are getting into this, aren't we? I want my, I want a new ear printed. Is, is that what you're getting for Christmas, Rob? Yeah. 3D printer. 3D printer. Yes. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Yes. I thought Santa was bringing you a 3D printer. But anyways, um, yeah, this is a cool story. So this is a, a retailer in the UK called Asda, a uh, very big retailer uh, over there, and they've got a special thing going on in the store. Again, it's about driving traffic to the store. You can't do this anywhere else. So they've got a 3D printer set up in, in, in the store. And basically, you can bring in uh, anything. You can bring in your pet, your car, yourself, whatever. And you can you know, have this 3D printer scan you effectively and then create a model of, of the thing that's been scanned uh, that's you know, like a 20-centimeter model of, or 8 inches, if you will, of whatever this thing is, and and for forty bucks you can do this. So, and w one of the suggestions here is is for Christmas instead of sending Christmas cards, you can send out models of your of yourself or your family. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting, but um, you know I, I like I like the idea of um, you know driving traffic and interest around something new like this, like three D printing, and, and and using this as a way to get people to a store. Uh, and the price point's not that bad. I mean, sorry, this is 40, 40, uh, 40, pounds. 40 pounds, 63 uh, US dollars uh, is the conversion today. But um, this this is kind of cool. And I don't know. I, 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 w I might try it if I was there. <laughs> well, I, I, I would. I would 100% try this. And uh, who doesn't want a little figurine of yourself? Right? <laughs> exactly, right? Hey, look at little Rob. Yay! I like my own bobblehead. This is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, you start to see this cropping up in many, 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 many other stores over the next little while. And I think that, do you, I, maybe I'll ask this. Do you think that this is like kind of a, um, like a little fad, maybe, of, you know, people are going to pop up and they're going to do this and they're going to do these 3D printing stores and then, and then next year it'll be something new? Or do you think that this has legs? Um, I, you, you know, I, I think this particular application, I think is, is, uh, you know, doesn't have, it's not, it's not that scalable. No. Um, 
you know, first of all, putting a, a 3D printer in every store, I don't know how much, you know, from a cost perspective, I don't think we're quite there yet where, you know, it, it makes sense to do that. But I think as a way to drive traffic right now, as a campaign-based thing, I think this is really cool. You know, what, you know, I was joking around about Christmas, but one of the things, the other suggestions was is, is for, like, wedding cake toppers and things yeah. like this, right? Yeah. You know, which it makes a little bit more sense to me. So, you know, maybe if you're in the business... Uh, of weddings or funerals or you know something else um, you know this kind of application where it's about scanning people and scanning things like that makes sense but you know 3d printing in general yeah it's wicked is huge yeah. right I mean making parts making you know whatever I mean is is, is a huge business and and uh, you know it's, it's it's just beginning I totally agree so that's asda doing 3d printing in the store to drive traffic to their store and i think this is such a unique christmas gift and i love the idea of weddings like a like cake toppers um I, yeah, you know, if i get over there rob you're getting a mini me for christmas that's all please, I say. yes <laughs> please uh, it's gonna yeah. be of you though right yes it's gonna yeah. be like a mini asif yeah yeah I'll just what you always wanted i'll put you right over here right next to me on yeah. the desk we, oh. might not be, we might not be able to actually connect in person, Rob, but you know, but you can you'll send me a mini. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we will see. We're gonna have to go somewhere like Lithuania in order to be able to. Like, we're just gonna have to descend on Lithuania. We'll do the um, this week in location-based marketing strategic session for 2014 in Lithuania. Yeah, live from Lithuania. Live from Lithuania. I'd love to do that. Even Letterman hasn't done that yet. No, he has not. There's probably a reason, but I would like to break that. I'd love to do that. I think it would be fun. A live show on stage somewhere. Where can we do that? We'll work on it. Yeah. And it will be like seven people in the audience. Hmm. Maybe we won't do that. All right. Those are the six stories that we had for this week. Awesome, awesome, awesome stories. A great, 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 great guest in uh, Carl Martin, who is the founder and CEO of NIMI. Only thing left for us to do is finish this off with a resource of the week. And uh, hey, lo and behold, it's about wearables. Ever heard of this uh, this term before? Wearables? No, I don't know. I don't know anything about those. You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 something that's coming up all the time. This Big resource is, is great. I love this. I love when when we see new data. So this is coming from Juniper Research. And they're saying that the wearable device industry, which includes smartwatches and glasses and Google Glass and all that kind of stuff, is worth 19 billion dollars by 2018 uh that's currently worth what the current market is 1.4 billion yeah so that's if you want to do jump. some math on that that's a lot of that's big dollars yeah that's like 17 billion and they say that this is a combination of the hardware and then the software we've often talked about this that the software is the most like i believe right he said you have to convince me to commit to the product so the actual wearable technology, but the software is where you add the layers and you add the revenue potential. So they're talking mm -hmm. about a combination of hardware sales, software as a service, so rental software for these devices, um, as well as uh, as additional accessories for the devices as yeah. well. Um, now, I don't think that many people are going to buy more than one of these things. right? Um, so I always think, listen, you know, once you commit to a platform, it's the software, it's up to the software and opening that up like NIMI is doing to developer community to be able to enhance that, uh, you know, uh, hardware with some great, great, great software, build an ecosystem. And that is where you're going to get this $19 billion industry from. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I haven't, uh, I, have you bought a Samsung gear yet? No, I haven't. You know, I, um, you, you know the one that has uh, I know I can't remember what it's called. There's a brand new uh, and I uh, I ordered it. It's a brand new Fitbit. It's not the Fitbit Flex. Uh, this one actually has a display, a watch display on the it. Force? The Force. The yeah. Force. Yeah, Forge, yeah. Force or Force. Yeah. Force. Yeah. And uh, it's not out yet. It should be out in maybe two or three weeks. And uh, that's the one that I've committed to. Um, so I've uh, I will not uh, commit to the one that I'm. The, you know any other one. But for me, it is about that Fitbit uh, Force because it it actually does. The opportunities are there for enhancements now that it's got a little bit of a display. Even if it's just a phone call that, that comes in on my phone and it displays who it is, a little bit of a notification about an email coming in. I don't care what it is, but uh, I, I believe that this is kind of where we start to get into this really great world where uh, it's interacting with multiple devices. And uh, and so I'll, I'll give that a try. And I But I don't need a big screen and a computer on my wrist. I just I can't, yeah. I can't do that. Well, they were talking in the same article here that we're going to post. They were talking about this this one called a Philippe, yeah, uh, yeah, in partnership with AT and T, which is for kids. Yes, it's a phone. Uh, it's a wrist phone, basically. Right? Yeah, it's a yeah. wrist phone for kids. So, like, you could you know call home, call dad, call mom, whatever. Uh, 
Uh, you know, I, I think that's interesting. So I, I think that there's use cases like this, right? That, um, but you know, at some point something's going to happen where we're going to be using one of these things. And I only saw one person at Android TO wearing Google Glass, and he looked like kind of a moron, right? Uh, like it was an anomaly. And I think that that whole Google Glass thing has subsided, and there's going to be a new version that comes out in 2014. Maybe the price point is right, but I just don't believe that that's the right fit. I, may, I don't mm. think the wrist is either. But there's got to be something that. You know, in order for this industry to really take off, uh, it can't be always just about the quantified self or health. It has to be something of tremendous value. And I, we, we've had these conversations many times about the healthcare industry and the wearable actual, the you know, the fiber with uh, with um, with nodes in it that actually, you know, you basically just wear the clothes and it's and it's got all of these different sensors in it. So. You know, it's going to be really interesting. I think this is really a cool space, and um, and I'm fascinated well, by this. Even some of the stuff that you put right on the skin is kind of interesting yeah. too. I mean, uh, we'll see where that that goes. But I've seen some interesting kind of tattoos and, yeah. and and stuff that you can just layer right on top of the skin that are kind of like stickers almost. But yeah, we'll see. Big, big, big. So maybe 18 billion isn't or 19 billion isn't enough, right? I think that. Uh, you know, if you start to move into this space and you really start to look at it, it's 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 the opportunities are big, and uh, and not to mention just plain old sensors like those tattoos that you talk about or or disposable uh, sensors, yeah. right? Yeah, man, awesome. So that's it. That'll be available at uh, the lbma.com forward slash research. Research. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, those are the six stories. Our guest, which is Carl Martin, founder and CEO of Nimi. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I really, I just, I, I like this technology. Uh, great resource and wearable market. It's set to explode 19 billion by 2018. And I believe that. I believe that that's probably underestimating the value of it. Um, who knows what it's going to be. And uh, that's it. That's it for episode number 152. I don't know what else to say. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. So we'll be back for episode number 153, which if you're doing the math, that is like three shy of our third anniversary. A whole bunch of threes there. So uh, if you have uh, you know any ideas for the show, if you want to, a comment about the show, if you want to be on the show, uh, reach out. Rob at untether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. And don't forget, wherever you download this application, go and give us a nice little review or a writing or a star or something like that, whatever, however, whatever that uh, currency is there, it helps us. We build these shows around that and uh, it helps us a lot to be able to uh, get this podcast up in the ranking. So please do us a favor. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Anything else to see for? Should we just shut this down? I, I think we're good. All right, efficient little show today. We will see you next week for episode number 153, everybody. Have a great week.